when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to All Rather Mysterious, the podcast that aims to unlock the mysteries of the past with the key of fact. My name is John Rain. My name is Eleanor Morton. My name is David Reed. I'm doing the man in the iron mask. Oh, Lord Lucan. The Hollinwell incident. The Versailles time slip of 1901. Tamam should. Who was Caspar Hauser? The Dyatlov Pass incident. Oh. How do you say it? Yeah, I've no idea how you pronounce it. It sounded know. right. Dyatlov. 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 I'll be doing some uh, deeply uh, culturally sensitive accents throughout <laughs> this. Russians don't listen to things. <laughs> the following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, I'm John Holmes, and hello again, and yes, it's the The One Show Show, the podcast that hangs around a freshly painted park bench and then removes the sign so that when The One Show sits down, it gets covered in paint. This is part two of this week's edition, so if you'd like to pop back and listen to part one first, then that's just fine and dandy with us. Joining me to go through the nation's favourite tea time show like a winter vomiting disease going through a primary school, Mark Haynes and Julia Rayside. I love the fact that you said <laughs> fine and dandy, and the thing about the bench was like something from the dad. <laughs> <laughs> obviously a little mental leap there. Yeah. Should we talk about Lenny Henry next? Oh god, it doesn't really get much better. I mean, Lenny is not very much not cancelled, but it was <laughs> this week was full of interviews that didn't click that no one seems yes, to be enjoying. Nothing yet. caught fire. Everyone was yeah. quite uninspired. Was this, was this Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah, Lenny, Tuesday. Lenny Henry. Matt Allwright presenting. Yeah. Back from the nursing Matt, home. Oh, Matt, Matt, getting, a, Matt getting a shot at the title. Yeah, yes. and I wonder if Matt Allwright had said, "You made me go and do those old women," yeah. Uh, yeah. and it was awful. And they said, "All right, just do you want to present? Do you want to yeah. do yeah. tonight?" And do you know yeah. what? Matt, yeah. look, Someone's dropped out. Go yeah. on. I'm never sure whether it's a decision that he's made to have that sort of quite. I'm looking a little bit. I don't look archly at it, but I do it like it's a bit cold, and I don't get amused by it. And he he goes in like that. And this show, he looked positively. Rude. I don't know. He mm. just looked. He looked bored, and he didn't look no interested. No one was happy, were they? And he looked like God. I want to get this over. You well, know, another half hour, and I can go home. I wonder whether there was just something going on with the the studio audience because Lenny was giving it his best. Lenny Henry. He was. Big they gave him nothing, and it was silent. Yeah, and, and I think that threw him as well. Leave me alone. Talk to me at midday. <laughs> 
Touch me that past two. I feel a bit fragile. But um, yeah. Because at the top of the show, you know, it was all very Lenny Henry. He was on with Christian Scott Thomas, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Um, which is uh, an odd fit, but it's all. Well, it wasn't. Work. Well, it wasn't an odd fit, but what was. It seemed that Lenny just took over the whole thing, which I know he sort of does in yeah, the yeah, yeah. But she got, and I timed her, she got nine minutes. He got 20. To be fair, they only really asked him questions. They asked her about her granddad because she's doing that programme on yeah, Channel 4. Yeah. She's been there to promote. But apart from that, they didn't really it, ask Everything her went back to him. And, yeah. and when she was talking, he would interrupt her and tell another story yeah. about him. I ended up in this insane environment of, Part of his world. superstars yeah. Yeah. Um, in this, on the south coast of France, on the Côte d'Azur, never having done a film before, not really knowing that you had to do the same, same thing twice. Yes. <laughs> it was like, Can or, we do it again? Or, or, Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, mm. And I was like, this isn't right. You shouldn't you give her but, some space to do this. Yeah, but at yeah. the top of the show, he, he told uh, some, a story about his mum, mm. uh, a mum Yeah. <laughs> um, about when he was on the Royal Variety performance and she was Pass sitting near... Pass me that pistol, Julia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that will I'm catch just... on. You mum my words, that'll catch I'm on. I'm loading it, it's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, and he was talking about her sitting near the Queen, yeah. and, he, and he told what I think he thought was a great joke. Yeah, funny story. A funny story about his, his old mum reaching across, offering the Queen a toffee. Yeah. And he delivered it like a joke. But it got nothing, no, nothing no. At, all. at all. But my mum was on the balcony when I did the Royal Variety Show next to the Queen. And it was the best thing. I, I, it did put me off a bit, because my mum kept waving to the Queen. Like this. <laughs> like she was the Queen. Hello. <laughs> like, Hello. Elizabeth, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and I think she reached across with toffees at one point. It was a bit embarrassing, but um, yeah. So I've got, I've got a, I got a relationship. Nothing Flat-lined. at all. Yeah. And he, it was like, he, and I think he, he had a few, going, oh. didn't he? Oh yeah. You yeah. Know. Licking the Queen's face. Yep. That didn't get. He anything. did nothing, and then nothing he sort of went, oh well, maybe this crowd, what they want is they want some really reflective, quite in-depth stories about how I can no longer connect with the young Lenny Henry who I see because of the battle that I've been through to be accepted yeah, this was weird. by and mainstream. And the black and white minstrel show. Lenny, 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 it's the one show. Keep it fun. It was a bit weird to see a clip of the black. Well, they had a clip show on, the on exactly. You know they weren't what? fighting against that, were they? And I still think that that's a weird thing to put on as a clip. People thought black and white minstrels must be okay because it's on. For some reason, the British public loved the show. It was on the BBC for years. I've seen, obviously, you think you've seen the Black and White Minstrel Show because everyone talks about it yeah. and it's mentioned a lot. And when you actually see it at tea time on the telly, it's I was shocking. like, fuck me. I actually, <laughs> no. I, I, this is like seeing like Nuremberg or something. I just hadn't remembered. And I was thinking, maybe that clip it isn't was the, the one that it to was put on. Ironically, in colour, because I think in my head it's always <laughs> in black and white. Yeah. It fucking wasn't. It was like on in my lifetime. Yeah, and I know and this I... is part of Lenny Henry has done a documentary, hasn't he, about his yes, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. ties in with his. his, his Biography. He is. I love Lenny Henry, and and I, I miss the brilliant, fun Lenny Henry when he was a younger man. Now he's a serious actor. It was maybe because he was sat next to a serious actor that he maybe yeah. also felt a little bit like he should. Uh, and he did sort of go. It. You know, I mean, for me, Lenny Henry, when I was growing up, was one of the great British stand-ups. Yeah. He was selling out arenas. He had a video. He had oh, yeah, Libel Unleashed stuff. was his he, sort he of had, thing. He had a film where he, he dressed up and there's a white man. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Was that a, a double identity or something, something like that? Something like yeah, that. I can't yeah, remember yeah. it. Miles, feel your roots. Say, baby, didn't I tell you to bring all my bread round to my crib? Miles, you're not black enough. Get down with your bad self. Say, baby, didn't I tell you to come by my crib with my bread? That's it. 
what it is. Miles Pope thought he'd hit bottom. I'm an actor, Harvey, not a piece of fruit. Until the mob decided to hit him. By this time tomorrow, I want that Pope kid dead. Now the only way he won't get whacked. Cut him up and make sandwiches. I gotta disappear now. Is to give the performances of his life. Lord Percy Chisley P.D. Smythe of South Worcestershire upon Avon speaking. But Miles is such a master of disguise. Great Gova Mooga! Look, uh, I'll buzz you back when I'm selling there, okay, babe? He's been hired by the mob. I want Pope dead to whack himself. Piece of cake. <laughs> Touchstone Pictures presents One Man's Quest to Save His Skin. You just feed them fish and you whack them? True Identity. You know, he had the Double Wilkins show and things like that. He was everywhere and yeah. he was brilliant. He was a young British bloke who was taking on the world. And when he tells that story, he's like, you know, oh, I got bits here and there, but, you know, never really cracked it. And it's like, Jesus Christ, what? you're Lenny yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. He Henry. He was one of the most famous people when yeah. we were growing up. And like, he was sort of sure. saying, you know, yeah. I'd, I mean, I'd love to make films and stuff. You've, you've made, made films. films. You were the lead in a big film that none of us can remember <laughs> the name of. Yeah. Everyone's blocked but out. Died on his ass. <laughs> but yeah. it was, it was, you know, he had a huge career and it's really weird looking at someone like Lenny Henry, a genuine great career and a great star, sitting on the one show and because it's gone a bit wrong, just going, you know, it's been a disastrous sort of lifetime, really. Well, he's also, Started with like this, the, then there's self-deprecation. It's, yeah, he, which he's good at. He's done this for fucking decades. He knows what he's doing. But he started off with the, with the Queen story. No, you're not supposed to say what you talk to the Queen about. But what did you talk to her about? Well, the thing is, she doesn't quite remember. Every time I've met her, I've met her a few times now. She doesn't really remember who I am. <laughs> so it's like I'm meeting her for the first time every single time, and uh, it's literally. So what do you do? But every single time. I'm, I'm being a bit weird. He said, the Queen, I've met her so many times now, she, she never remembers me. Yeah. Effectively saying the Queen's a giant racist, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, but also saying Philip There's does. There's not enough diversity lives... in the royal family. No, exactly. Yeah. 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 Give it a rest. <laughs> <laughs> but also saying that Phil, Phil does recognise him and always makes the joke. But Prince Philip knew who I was, because he said, well, why aren't you in the Premier Inn? He said. <laughs> <laughs> that was his big joke. And... Um, it's, it, at least it didn't say travel lodge, but, uh, <laughs> but I, met, I met so I've met her several times. Now yeah, the yeah. thing for me is, does Prince Philip watch enough adverts Clearly. that he would then understand that Lenny Henry was in one, and then he would get the brand right like when it. he sees Lenny Henry in, in the? Because yeah, he made I, a point of premier inns or travel lodge. Didn't yeah, he? that's what he said. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I, really I don't think Prince Philip is going to be watching <laughs> adverts, and when Lenny Henry walks towards him, I, d- I can't imagine Prince Philip goes, "That's the guy from the travel lodge," and doesn't go, oh, "I've got a hundred great jokes about black people." <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine he goes for the Travelodge one. Again, when you're sort of going about how you, you know, you look back and you don't feel like you're connected with the performer that you were and you never got the breaks, you are literally starting that off by talking about the number of times you met the Queen and Prince Philip's you mate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it just seemed like a weird I agree. Note. It was I a agree. bit of false modesty, I think. Mm. Well, it, well I, I find it odd because he is actually living proof that even when an era when television was racist mm. of a really successful and talented young black guy being given breaks. Yeah. He is the exception that proves the rule, yeah, if you like. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, he had Lenny to make like, was... shitloads of jokes opened, about being black opened, yeah, 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 until yeah, yeah, he yeah, was accepted. That's right. It worked out. I, there, was a night, there was a good uh, Michelle moment uh, just eight minutes in when <laughs> they watched a, a clip of his Frank Spencer impression. Yeah. And, uh, and she said, oh, yeah, it only recently came to light that footage. <laughs> 
What was it like yes. watching that back? Hey. 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 There we go. And your Frank Spencer audition footage only recently came to light, didn't it? Uh-huh. Only in, in recent years. What was it like watching that back? Well, I mean, Michelle, as I've explained, I don't, I don't feel like a connection with the young Birmingham lad. That oh god, <laughs> oh, I just asked what it was like. I wasn't expecting this. Do Frank Spencer again? <laughs> it was a very when he started talking about his the different Lenny Henrys that there'd been. Oh, so, yes. there was, so there was the young Lenny Henry. Because his book's called Who Am I Again? Oh, or something. Then he had to go with them about pronouncing wrong yeah. so it's called uh, who am i uh, it's called who am i again except when they said that he said no 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 it's it's uh who am I again? <laughs> like, well, they're not going to know that because it's just written down on it's, the front of a, a book. book. Lenny, your autobiography is, is fabulous. It really is. But the title, Who Am I Again? Oh, yeah, hang on, hang on. You go, Who Am I Again? Okay, so that's. Okay, Who Am I Again? Who Am I Again? So <laughs> then, then he said, and it's because I have all these different masks and there have been different lens throughout my career. As a young person, you wear lots of masks. You, you're trying to fit in, and I was always trying to fit in. So I was in a Jamaican household first where everything was dumpling and rice and chicken and banana and sweet potato and dasheen. That was my life in, in the house. And then outside, it was a pork bap. All right, bab, we're going down the town now, you come in. So I was Jamaican Len, then Dudley Len, and then suddenly Shelby's Len. And then I was in the Black White Minstrels, so I depressed Len. Then I got out of the Black White Minstrels with Cannon the Ball. Thank you, rock on, Tommy. So I was happy, Len. And then I got my own TV series. I'm in Three of a Kind with Tracy Ullman and David Copperfield and suddenly my life changed. Mm. And so all of these things require you to be in a different tribe, wear a different mask. The raw variety performance, Len, and the the, the growing up in Dudley, Len, the living in a Jamaican household, Len. This new Len sitting on the sofa being really alienating. Len, which one was he that time? (laughs) Then he said, then then there's the Dudley, Len, you know, when I grew up in Dudley. And and he said, oh, Dudley, we used to have a pork bap. And then outside it was a pork bap. All right, Bab. And I thought, and I'm from the Midlands, right? And, and I am they're, too. They're not called Babs in the Midlands. <laughs> no, they're not. Are they're called they? Batches. That's the new Len. That's new Len. Yeah. Not so him remembering didn't... his roots that he's so proud oh, of. He didn't grow up in Dudley at all. Dudley English. He Midlands. made it up. I just, I just want Tiswas Len back. That's what <laughs> I want. Tiswas Len. That's Tiswas yeah. Len was the great yeah. Len, the greatest yeah. of the Lens. They booked him on the wrong day. If they'd booked him on the day David Bellamy died. We could have got the whole David Bellamy oh. routine that he used to do on Tiswas. He could have done the, like a funeral speech. Wabble we won't. We will um, remember him. <laughs> oh, wow. And then he said, um, and then he said, my big shot of the Royal Variety films, you know, if, I, if I, I knew that if I messed it up, I'd be back in that factory in Dudley. And, and then, then he panicked because he's now the sort of face of, of, of sort of woke equality and, and how that's everything's equal opportunity and everything else. And then he suddenly panicked and went, and there's nothing wrong with being in a factory in Dudley. It's fine. I think it's because somewhere in me I knew this was the brass ring and if I didn't get it, that'd be it. I'll be this back in the it. factory yeah. uh, in Dudley and nothing, hello to everybody at home, nothing wrong with the factory, <laughs> British Federal welders, all right, lads. But um, I just, I didn't want to go yeah. back there. So, oh, you know, right, oh, oh, come on. No, you, no, no. He is Sir Leonard Henry. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that is his thing and he's always very much, he obviously still feels like he is the boy from Dudley. Yeah. I get that. I've seen him do a lot of interviews where he talks about that. Because yeah. I was literally chucked into the deep end of being in show business and I had no idea Apart from Frank very much, apart from Frank, here's a funny story, apart from doing impressions and, and making my mates laugh, I had no idea how to put together a structured show or build to a kind of 
a big payoff at the end. I didn't know how to do that. Doesn't every performer have that thing of going, and I thought yep. I wouldn't make it, and loads of people told me I, I couldn't do it and everything. And if, if you were there at 60, still going, I look back on, you know, 13-year-old Ian McKellen, and he wouldn't believe <laughs> that I... You know, I know, that's 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 basically the story of every human's life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, You've been we here grow, long enough. Yeah, a 13-year-old boy couldn't do what a 60-year-old man can do. We know that. Everyone <laughs> is the same. Yeah. One of the people he said was good to him and taught him how to do comedy mm. was Don McLean. Yeah. Not the American Pie one. No, the no. The one who the, used uh, to be on Cracker Jack. I was surprised to see him alive still. Yeah, yeah. so was I. Yeah. And it was nice to see him alive. But I looked at but as, you know, and he said, you know, this guy was uh, the presenter of Black and White the Minstrel, Minstrel Show. show. Yeah. Uh, but he was also Cracker Jack and he was this, that, and the other. And he gave me all of my tips and everything else. And I looked up to him and he, he said, you know, I couldn't, couldn't have done, done it without him. And I used to stand at the back and, and watch you, your first spot, and then, then we'd sit in the dressing room and go through it and say, change this, alter that, and put that gag at the end instead of yeah, at the yeah. beginning. I don't know how I would have got through that first bit without you. You got no chance! <laughs> And, and I thought it was a real good indication of success here because Don McLean, I remember from my childhood, was on television yeah, all of the he time. Was, yeah. Huge name, really funny, mm. actually. Crackerjack was brilliant, Crackerjack. Was really good, you know, <laughs> I used to love that. And, but the, and then Lenny went to his house, which was a sort of modest, I guess, just sort of suburban house. Yeah. The, the successful community. Now, I've been to Lenny Henry's house. <laughs> and it's fair to say, I know, it's fair to say Lenny Henry is 200,000 billion times more successful, <laughs> certainly yeah. financially, yeah. uh, than Don McLean ever was. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just, that's quite interesting, actually, that he overtook him, eclipsed mm. him by miles. A generational thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, there's, there's... It's a star is born all over again, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. If you He's ever get a chance to see it, Alan Wicker, after he died, Alan Wicker's house, which is in sort of like Twickenham, went up for sale. And basically, Alan Wicker had decorated the whole thing in about 1960. 1966, oh, and it was to the top oh, spec that so you could get then. And by the time he died in the early 90s, it was absolutely perfectly, you know, in, in amber. In like Dennis Sever's house, that house in the absolutely uh, like that. never changed. Wicker's house, go online, there are still photos of it when they went round. He's got like the sunken living room with sort of shampoo oh, carpet. I can see it. It, it I can is see incredible. It and a lot of those guys, like your Don McLean's, it was back when showbiz was, oh, I earn three times what the milkman earns. A different playing field now, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I yeah, love it. So. I would yeah. happily watch a series about people who are famous in the 70s going around their houses now. I'd mean, love to see I them. mean, they're all in prison. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, yeah, so the yeah. houses are empty, so let's, go to your life. Let's just go break around in. Cat Weasel's <laughs> house. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Musical Podcast. I'm Kiri. And I'm Jade. And I'm Dave. And Dave's on keys. But we don't play that too much because otherwise we'll have to pay some people rights money. Yeah. Uh, we do a live show where comedians come and sing their favourite musical theatre songs in front of a live audience. This podcast is us bringing that person inside of a building. <laughs> Welcome to Just a Minute with Jade Adams. <laughs> I panicked. Enjoy. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But then Kristen Scott Thomas, uh, who I like, uh, you know, I think she, she the, t- the tiny time she was given to speak, she was, you know, doing this film about her granddad. And that was another odd thing, though, when, when they said, um, and it was, it was almost a, um, a handbrake term because they, they came out of a man who defeated the Nazis with some bagpipes. Oh, that, <laughs> Ma- Mad Jack. And a claymore. Mad Jack Churchill. Yeah. Went into battle. Yes, there was a picture of him, wasn't there? This yeah. old guy running up the beach in World War Two with a Scottish sword yeah. as a weapon. And, and a longbow that's, on his back. That's, that's just a longbow. No. Known for his motto, any officer who goes into action without his sword is improperly dressed. Jack Churchill was a British army officer who became renowned for going into battle with Nazis armed with a longbow bagpipes and a Scottish Claymore sword, which earned him the name Mad Jack. They, they, they have the bit with the bagpipes. He plays yeah. the bagpipes. He comes out to D-Day with a fucking sword. sword. And then they say, but it's for his famous longbow he's best remembered. You're like, what the fuck? The longbow, actually genuinely, they showed the arrows, yep. with which yep. he shot Nazis. <laughs> he oh. it's, it's like the, uh, the Avengers film. His son, like Hawkeye his son's summing him up, saying, well, you know, after the war, he got into surfing. He was the first man to motorcycle across India. And he was the last <laughs> man to kill an enemy with a bow and arrow. He was the first person to drive across India on a motorbike. He got into surfing. He was the first person to ride the seven boar. Um, the last person to kill an enemy with a bow and arrow. And then, he got, then he said, oh, he did say, so what was he like? That came in. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Then he said, and his son said, well, he died, and then he died in 1986 at the age of 89. And like, well, how? Did Al-Qaeda get him with a trebuchet? <laughs> <laughs> it's what want. he would have wanted. <laughs> he was the last man to kill a member of ISIS with a mace. <laughs> 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 but then they came out of that to Kristen and they said, now you've got a personal connection. And I thought, oh, this is good. Mm. So she... These are always got, so brilliantly random. She's got a personal connection to yeah. Mad Jack Mc... Churchill. Mc Churchill McMace, yeah. right? Um, I wonder what that's going to be. And, and then... Uh, they said t- to World War Two because your <laughs> because your granddad fought in it. Oh, thanks, Ruth uh, and uh, Kristen. You were just watching that there. It's a story that you're actually all too familiar with. Not only because you played Clementine Winston right, Churchill's yeah. wife in the in the darkest hour, but also you've got a very personal connection. Your grandfather served in World War Two, didn't he? Was he a lieutenant commander? My grandfather, um, yes. Sorry, most of your audience, what, you've got a personal connection to that, that was. that's your tenuous way no, in. But before that, there was the whole, the Prince thing. So they, so they did the weird oh. thing where they sort of did have a connection. So they interviewed, they briefly, and again, this was very clunky, you didn't know what the hell was going on. They just were talking to Lenny, talking to Lenny, Black and White Mr. Show, stop. 
Chris has got Thomas. Tell us about the time you auditioned for a Prince film. And I'm talking of big breaks, Kristen. Yours actually involved one of the biggest superstars of all time, Prince. What's oh, the no. story there? Oh, <laughs> well, I you was... got to touch his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> So raunchy oh, yes, right I there. did. Look I'd forgotten. That. Gosh. Um, anyway, uh, how did that happen? Well, I was doing a very serious play in a field in Burgundy, you know, being a proper actor, and I got this call to go and audition for a small part in Prince's upcoming film that he was shooting in France. Yeah. Oh, and no, like... they got into this with it. They got into it uh, off the back of... Again, it was all about Lenny Henry because it was Matt Allwright's fact. No, but that came afterwards, oh, did it? though. It didn't come first. They talked to her first about being auditioned for Prince's film. With the photo like, where she's like touching his job. stomach. Because maybe they, they asked Lenny Henry what his oh, first audition right, was. Then they asked her, right. what was yes, yours? Yes, then yes, she yes, said Prince. So it was like, fuck me, the soft shoe shuffle they were doing to try and get like... <laughs> come on, drag it around, come on! Yeah. And they eventually got around to the uh, finding out, or just saying, because they didn't know how to do it otherwise, that, he, that Lenny Henry sung backing vocals on Why Should I Love You by Kate Bush, written by Prince. That's right. That's, it, was, it was almost... Uh, Kristen's here, so we might as well... Oh, it was what, awful. What can we say to her that will just get it back to Lenny Henry? Because yeah. Lenny Henry's insisted on that. Yeah, it was maybe really, that was it. It really yeah. felt one-sided to me. Mm-hmm. She did not get enough to do. Although then she started talking about the documentary she was doing um, where her granddad uh, rescued soldiers in World War Two and yeah. laid mines and did the Arctic uh, convoys. Uh, and it was quite dull. And I thought, well, actually, do go back to Lenny. It was yeah, quite dull. It Doctor really Who, was dull. Lenny, you're in it Doctor really Who. Oh, God, that Doctor... Oh, oh and that <laughs> world exclusive first time ever yeah, clip. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that wasn't mm, very good. No, no it, it was not. And then, again, he, another example of him dying on his ass with a sort of bit of fun and business that he wanted to do. Because he just said, I'm going to be Doctor Who! And then started singing the Doctor Who oh, theme. No. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then there was no reaction to him going... Nah, 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 again, nah, none of his nah, stuff nah, worked. <laughs> and to and finally to be able to go to run to get to run to get to run record. Oh yeah. Which he thought was gonna be Lenny's doing the most confusing thing is though. A bit before that, because he's in a suit in Doctor Who, he'd done the fucking bomb theme. Oh yes! Now you're going to be in Doctor Who rather than hiding behind the sofa. Looking suave there. Look at this. Yeah. That yeah. was, again, what's yeah. going... What's go, he's, yeah. he's slightly, nah, obviously... Nah, 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 nah. I see myself the as like being just... the British Robin Williams. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. It's the comedian thing. Mark, you'll know about this. The comedian bring, bring everyone up and then bring... And then the conducting thing. He was yeah. trying to conduct a completely unresponsible orchestra. Like they were just sitting yeah. there, yeah. instruments on lats going, nah. no. Yep. no. No, they were not having any, yeah. any of his material. And Nothing. he kept doing... There was a wee bit earlier on when he was talking... They were talking about his career and who he'd worked with mm. um, and he kept referencing other comedians so he said Stan Bort and he kept doing the, their, their catchphrases oh. so he said oh you know I worked with Stan Bortman the Germans oh, <laughs> no, nothing from the audience oh. cannibal rock on Tommy <laughs> nothing from the audience oh. Stan Bortman the Germans Don McLean Cracker Jack uh, cannibal rock on Tommy all of these people and it was it was really quite odd and then they said then Michelle said in 1976 I think you acted didn't you with um, with Rudolph Walker and they showed a picture of him and with two co-stars. Next Rudolph to, next Walker's next to Norman Beeson and Rudolph Walker, yeah. Uh-huh. Then he said, oh, yeah, yeah, but the, the, the person actually I was in the series with with 25 years was, was Norman Beaton. Uh, we know you a lot now for your acting, but you actually first had one of your first acting roles. Was it 1976? You worked with Rudolph Walker? Uh, well, yeah, that's... Rudolph's on the right. 
Yeah. But the person I was in the television series with for two years was Norman Beaton on the left. Is the one on the other the, side? The other side. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they'd even picked the wrong person <laughs> that the anecdote was about Amazing. to highlight. Oh. And then they, he talked about Norman Beaton and how he used to look up to him. And he used to say, well, he was a womaniser and he drank and he did. The, he came up drunk to the set. And he said, but to me, he was like a god of acting. David like, Jason's back. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to follow him around. And, he, and then he did a really weird noise, which sounded a bit like, boy! <laughs> Could start a fight in an empty room, Norman. Yeah. And, you know, right. And, and again, expecting the crowd to react. Oh, no. And mm. nothing happened. Do and you it just think? went really stilted it got nothing after David Jason and the and the unpleasantness earlier in the week and the and the stu- the studio audience maybe nervous reactions and stuff were they just told to not react in case he said anything off maybe off- Key. But I then, don't know. But I, th- I think you really... trust Lenny Henry, though, don't you? You oh, know, well, you, you know. Say that. Uh-huh. But at the end of the program, now it's it's largely visual, right? <laughs> Did uh, he call Matt all right a cunt? <laughs> <laughs> he just mouthed it. Uh, what a pro! They, they asked Chris and Scott Thomas if she'd like to be in Doctor Who, just to oh, bring yes. her back into the conversation. Yeah, yeah, and she really wanted to. Yeah, and but Lenny took that as offer as well. <laughs> she started to go, "Yeah, I'd really like to be in Doctor Who." And anyway, oh well, yeah, the makeup. So he said, oh, "At least I didn't have to." Be. And he went, it's not about you. It's they're asking her. No. And, and he started doing mimes of aliens. Like, so he started doing mimes with tentacles coming, coming out, of out of his head. Forehead. And he just yeah, started yeah, doing yeah. all this stuff and throwing throwing his sort of arms around. And then he... he and she he tried did... to join in and said, oh, no, I'd love that. I'd love that. Shut they... up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Woman, shush. <laughs> he did what... Um, we, we, it's now inappropriate to say, mm. but let's just say at school we would have called this a spouse face. Right. <laughs> right. He genuinely... <laughs> I just... didn't mean to laugh at that. I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, but that's what, that's what it was. Yeah, right? okay. And so you've got Lenny Henry on television, right, because he was trying to mime being an alien, but all he was doing was basically just go, and I'm going to do it now, Mm. uh, so it's visual, and I have got a screenshot of it, which I can show you if you want to see, but he just started going, on on the sofa. (laughs) Honestly, go back and have a look at that. And I was thinking, this is awful. (laughs) This is absolutely awful. Then he started doing Doctor Who theme. <laughs> Probably why the crowd was silent. I was at a tube station <laughs> they today. Just knew it was coming. Oh, I was at a awful. tube station today, and there was a blind guy, and he was tapping his stick along the side. And I thought, God, he actually looks like he needs a bit of help. So I went over and I said, "Can I give you a hand at all?" And he said, "Yes, please." He said, "I've not actually been here before. Is this the, the exit to go to the shopping centre?" I said, "Yes, it is. There's a lift at the end." He said, "Great. Can you just help me get in it?" I said, "Sure." So I put my elbow there because I know what you're supposed to do. You don't Mark, grab the blind so person. Woke yeah. 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 So woke and amazing. So he took me over, so and as good. we got to the top, so we <laughs> got up the lift, and as we got to the top, I walked him through. He's a youngish guy, probably in his late 40s, early 50s. And I took him through. And as we got to the ticket barrier, I said, the ticket barrier is just ahead. There's a woman in front of us. And he said, I need to go to the spaz gate. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, was, he was very nice. But when he said that, Amazing. the two guards over by the larger gate yes. looked at me like, the fuck did you just say? <laughs> me, mate. It's not me. You fucking hell. So anyway, I left him. He's still there, the cunt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. True story. Oh, there we go. Are. That just the oh. lesson learned. Never help anyone. No, no, no not absolutely. Ever. Not ever. It absolutely. Will It'll come back to bite you on the arse. <laughs> don't, don't bend over with Debbie Jason. <laughs> uh, but he was, I mean, it was It was another just odd, stilted. So stilted. Nothing really happening. So, so stilted. The same thing show. happens the day after which is on the Thursday and I couldn't manage to watch much of this yeah. but they had Helen George and Johnny Vegas were oh, that, on No, that was Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. this yeah. was with Marvin and mm-hmm. Michelle Ackerley yeah. uh, the only th- I mean it was again 
really stilted, but Johnny Vegas was being fun and he was getting nothing. Yeah. They just they were Something's reacting going in no on with ways. The audience. I don't know whether they've got someone down their ear now who is just going, You've got to throw to this, you've got to do that, and they're just not paying attention to what's being said. Or but, they haven't mic'd up the audience or something. Because normally they, even if they don't notice stuff, the audience might. Yeah, but there's it, always inside, someone there. There was a bit where um Johnny Vegas was having a laugh and Marvin referred to Johnny Vegas. I've never heard anyone do it before. It's only when you hear it you go, That's totally wrong. He started going, Yeah, all right, John. We hear you've been having a bit of a, a lifestyle change. Uh, Not down to a... I saw myself on the monitor and thought I looked like a ropey manager. Sharp, <laughs> 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 you're only going... Nothing lower than 15%. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good, John. It's not John Vegas. John, no, no, it's no, no, literally no. a character, Johnny Vegas. It's like having <laughs> a kid's birthday party where Ronald McDonald's there and going, all right, Ron, all right, Ron, <laughs> settle down. It was just a weird thing to hear. But again, that was more conversation where they just couldn't get a foothold on oh, it. Yeah. Okay. And they were, tr- they were directing these stories and the people sitting in front of them were giving them nothing back. Terrible presenting. And then on Thursday, Giles Brandreth got his shot at the title. He so, did. So he's on the sofa with... It's his 50th anniversary of being on television. Like, they literally can't get him off. 50 years, still can't get me off. Uh, and then he had a little personal tribute to David Bellamy, didn't he? Yeah, everyone he? clapped him for being dead, which was nice. Yeah. Good. And also, you know, with Giles' track record of killing old, elderly people on the one show, as we talked about before. I, I imagine as he did it, Giles surreptitiously pushed the David Bellamy VT just yeah. made behind yeah. the sofa. I mean, he's angels of heaven or whatever. Christ, that was. Um, every film he did with an old lady for a period of time, that old lady then subsequently died. Yeah. And did they have to say that everyone in the film has since died, like in the day-to-day? It, it would happen. Really it would sad. happen within... Oof. It was like Ring. Yeah. If you saw the video, the old yeah. person would then die. Yeah. It was, I believe it was called Giles Brandreth's Angels of Death. I think it was, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying he's Harold Shipman. <laughs> More like Beverly Alec. Yeah. Just collecting evidence and waiting Beverly to see what Alec. happens. Topical reference. <laughs> All the kids are talking about it. Yeah. Uh, and then, so there's a, there's a horrific um, mock-up here which is again a waste of money set build okay so we've seen this before you know that remember that time when they did line of duty yes um, oh i the, saw that one the, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, juicy the, with that, was, yes. that was the yeah. worst thing that's yeah. ever oh, been on yeah. television when, yeah. when they built the interview room for, line of duty. for yeah. one week they thought they were saturday night live didn't yeah. they yeah. Yeah. Like, well we do skits now they've gone back they've gone back oh. to it they've gone back to it so oh. they they built the waiting room from the apprentice Oh, okay. they did. Complete yeah, with yeah, the yeah. desk with the receptionist. And, and so they said, oh, we've got to get our guests on. And our guests are, you know, two actors and someone uh, from them, Tom it's, Allen from The Apprentice. Charlotte Riley and, let, and Joe Alwyn. That's it. From, let, from, from, from Christmas, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Mm. Uh, let's, see, let's see if they're ready. And then Amal reached forward, picked up a phone and went, send them in. Michelle, take us through who our candidates are in tonight's show. OK, well, we've got Tom Allen, host of The Apprentice, you're fired. And two of the stars of new drama, A Christmas Carol, coming to the BBC soon. I think I've had enough. Let's get them in. Hello? Can you send our guests in, please? Of course, Mr Brandreth. The presenters are ready to see you now. It didn't, the camera didn't swing around. It cut to at this the waiting room of the apprentice where mm-hmm. the receptionist just, just went, yep. Yes, I'll yes I'll send them it. Yes, you can go in now. Um, the presenters will see you now. That's it. Yes, <laughs> and and, uh, and Tom Allen was really sort of milking his part, wasn't oh, he? God. Making all sorts of camp faces. I love him so much. I love Tom Allen. He sat on his hands for half an hour. It's just I, I hate seeing him in a cage like this. Yeah, he really was. He can't. He, he can't was struggling. Fly. He really was struggling. <laughs> and then they then they, then they just got up and walked off that set. 
onto the sofas. <laughs> and yeah. they've built that. That must have spent a, d- a day For building like, what, that. 15 seconds, seconds? Tops, yeah. yeah. Way yeah. a waste of time. Absolutely Perf- Who would have watched it and gone, that was brilliant? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so there was Charlotte Riley. Yeah. Um, uh, Joe Alwyn. Yeah, yeah. Alwyn. Is it Alwyn or Unwin? Sorry, I, I think it was Alwyn. Yeah, yeah, I wrote down three names because I didn't quite catch it. It doesn't matter. I wrote, I wrote Alwyn. I don't He's know where that was. He's a pleasant-looking blonde man yes. who will be in lots of period drama before. He will. Yes, yes, he will. Although they very, very uh, one-show style introduced him by talking about his failed auditions. No, <laughs> yeah. that was really weird. They wanted to get an anecdote out of him and Charlotte Riley, so she got to say that she took Tom Cruise's sunglasses. Yes. Literally, no more to it than that. She did a film with him. She asked him for sunglasses. Yeah. He went, "All right." Charlotte, uh, Tom Cruise says you might actually be needing this because uh, you've got something that belongs to him, apparently. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. um, uh, (laughs) yeah, Thankfully, the ones that he did give me, I I haven't lost. But, um, yeah, we were doing a... um, a film together and he's a really nice guy and he was saying to us all you know whatever whatever we have any you know, workout stuff anything that you guys need for to, to do the film we you know you guys you guys can have it as well and i said well Very can generous. can i have your sunglasses and he was sort of slightly stunned and was like <laughs> okay then and handed okay, me okay, sunglasses okay, so i actually yeah. have tom cruise's sunglasses Wow, oh, that's You're amazing. Every odd... That was a weird End bit of product story. placement. Did you notice that, though, in this? No. So they said, um, well, you've got Tom Cruise's sunglasses, haven't you? And they handed her... Michelle reached behind the sofa oh. and, and picked up a, a clear logoed Ray-Ban sunglasses case oh. and just handed it but to it her. But they weren't the sunglasses. No. They were just some no, glasses. No, it was just, it was just a, a case, which she then just put down on the site next to her and then looked like she didn't want to tell the story and really sort of... It doesn't sound like it was much of a story. I mean, it, there wasn't one. She did a film with him. She made some fuss, He made some fuss about, um, hey, we're all equals here. Anything you need or want, you've got it. And she went, can I have your sunglasses? Ha! And he gave her that and that was it. That was that. I'd have been straight in there with, can I have your car? <laughs> yeah. Immediate seeing that can happen. I have, can I have your house? Give me your car, you cheap shit. <laughs> <laughs> She's got loads of cars and loads of houses. Yeah. Share. Uh, and and then, then they asked Tom, yeah. uh, Tom, no, what's his name? Joe Alwyn about, um, now you've got a story, haven't you? You've got a story about, and it, and it turned out he just auditioned for Love Actually and didn't get the part. Yeah, that's it. So literally there's yeah. nowhere to go off the end of that, apart from, oh, well, uh, uh, well they, they were stupid. Yeah. No, they weren't. They, they made loads of money. It was a shit film, but they did make loads of money. God, and you seem to be doing fine as well. Uh, and then Tom Allen tried to join in as well at the beginning, didn't he? When they, they said, oh, that, he said, that was a bit of fun, talking about the uh, apprentice set. Yeah. And Giles just, just went, yeah, not you, not your turn yet. Oh. And just shut him down before he, so he could talk to the... Uh... Because, he, because he is. He's really good on panels and stuff, Tom Allen. But in this situation, he just can't say anything. Yeah. None of his stuff works on the one show because it's all, no, not that. Oh, no, no, not that. Yeah. Not that. So it's, just, it's like watching someone kind of like gagged. And as soon as you put those sorts handcuffed. of like things, you go, they're really, really funny and then you go but you have to come into this environment where you can't actually be yeah. very funny yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and do you know what and if you are the audience will kill it dead yeah so completely welcome yeah <laughs> do <laughs> your exactly best right and three two <laughs> just it was it was quite painful because I love him so much yeah I like him too and you're right it would just felt like you're watching a caged animal <laughs> not allowed clip, wings clipped shut up Tom Allen totally. and sit there so then, instead we had the VT of the youngest chief fire officer oh, in the country, which is an exciting, thrilling prospect. Literally. <laughs> a, a, let's meet Norwich's youngest butcher. <laughs> literally a fucking partridge thing. At 36 years old, Dr Sabrina Cohen-Hatton is the youngest chief fire officer in the UK, overseeing up to 540 firefighters in West Sussex. 
This is the youngest fire chief. She had been homeless for a bit, and that was, I suppose, that was the interesting part of her story. Yeah. And she obviously she was beautiful, which is the other clearly un- unspoken yeah. interesting part yeah. of her story. Doesn't she look nice? Though she's got lovely white teeth, really good hair. Yeah. But you know, she had she, she didn't really have a lot to say no. apart from it's shit being homeless, which is definitely true. I, I just um, wrote inspirational, boring. Uh, yeah. I didn't really. Want, and then I then I did moved the cursor along and got to the next <laughs> yeah. bit because yeah. I thought well, that's too dull to even talk. About. Yeah, I thought there were some absolutely stonkingly bad films this well, week. Well, one that I did watch oh, all the God. way through and thoroughly enjoyed in this episode was Christopher Biggins. Oh no, that that was <laughs> splendid. The, pa- the Panto troubleshooter. <laughs> My plan over the coming weeks is to put them through the Biggins Panto school. And uh, who wrote the script? Uh, Gary Preston and Pamela Hope. Oh, Pamela Hope. Yeah, no, don't know her. <laughs> It's absolutely incredible. So, so, is that a real thing? It's not is over that... yet, Mark. It's, oh. a, it's a work in progress. Oh. I would, I would, it's an ongoing series. I would oh. watch that as an as a hour-long <laughs> documentary series going out in the thing for Christmas, Biggins going to fix small regional pantos. It was, it was. exactly that. It was the oh. best thing ever. Yeah. And not only did he go and do this, obviously they went, they took their camera crew to a small regional panto. Amateur dramatic society, Yeah, Winterlow in somewhere in the Wiltshire, Hill Wiltshire. Wiltshire, sorry. Yeah. Dick Whittington. Uh-huh. Uh, some sort of big sort of, you know, school hall. And they're rehearsing. They're, they obviously been told it's something they're just going to do a bit of stuff about Panto for the one show don't know Biggins is coming Biggins, Biggins is arriving in a <laughs> show a for special, different limoisine <laughs> and, he, and he's a surprise and some of them obviously don't have a fucking clue of course they don't but once they've been briefed they're all absolutely jaw, jaws on the you're floor. right they have no idea that I'm going to pop into their rehearsal room any minute now Hugo has come to invite Alice to his birthday party next week well, I've sneaked in. No one's seen me. So here we go. Very well, dear sir. I will wait. Well, surprise, surprise. I'm so sorry to interrupt your <laughs> rehearsal rooms. Hello, how are you? I do apologise, director. Well, this is very exciting. How are you doing? The, the, the shot of them when he walks in going, <laughs> um, of them all looking utterly confused as to what's going on. Is this Jonathan <laughs> King? <laughs> Compared to the, the, head, the head to camera, the camera interview thing mm. afterwards, where they're all going, oh, it's brilliant that Biggins is here. The, you know, Panto legend. Oh, clearly, amazing. there's a difference. I still think they should do more about Christmas. Yeah. I think we should be doing yeah, more about... every week, yeah. all the time. It was good. I mean, Biggins was Biggins, and... And the, you know, and he, he was there to give advice and to talk them through it. Now oh, there was no, there was a, a classic uh, amateur dramatics director, mm. an amateur dramatic director. He directors. was fascinating. Oh. <laughs> he yeah. stood there with his dick in his hand, going, "And what am I supposed to do now yeah. <laughs> for the whole yeah. thing?" You could, and Big Biggins was just came in and took over and started oh. directing it in front of an amateur dramatic directors are a breed. I mean, I've worked with a few when I used to work in theatre. Mm. You used to get the Amdram things coming special, in, yeah. and the director was always, you know, thought they were Scorsese. I mean, they were they were proper. <laughs> they could on have it. been somebody, yeah, 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 but then they're not because they're an IT manager. You know, that's what. <laughs> they are really but they're doing this in the evening yeah um and and the, the, but they are, they treat it like it's hollywood and this guy was doing the same thing and biggins though was sit, sitting behind him but very much calling the shot amazing oh, and literally it, backseat driving backseat it was biggins is. And, it, and he said um uh he said richard the director is is glad i'm here because he needs all the help he wants, he wants all the help he can get and richard and they cut to richard the director and he did look I'm going to say fucked right off. <laughs> yeah, no, he did. That's exactly oh, why. Oh, he it? did not like this well, at all. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. and then, so a woman called Erin, who's a police detective, <laughs> she's playing Dick Whittington. You know, she's about what you'd expect. She's fine. She's a bit wooden. And just is it in voiceover? I think it's just cuts the uh, while we're watching her sort of performing. Um, just begins going. Erin is really 
good. <laughs> I think I've spotted a way I can help. And he's like, darling, never turn your back. Never turn your back on the audience. Okay, Dave, David Jason's there, probably. But, um, <laughs> but he's just, he can barely conceal his... This this is shit. These people are shit. I'm too good for this shit. How much am I being paid for this? And then he cut back to the studio and Michelle went, of course, we're going to follow the group for the next two weeks. Two oh, weeks? Fucking what? And then she went, at nights. Two nights. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Imagine if they're doing it for next Christmas. Oh, it runs for a year and a half, this. Yeah. Oh. Honestly, I think you're right. You said it. This is a pro- this, take this out of the one show. Make this into a programme. Completely. Come and like, get on the tits of these, these kind of overly ambitious yeah. amateur things theatre people and just yeah you're, just absolutely... you're making the real life waiting for government completely yeah. here's another thing that they can steal from this podcast <laughs> and it'll become much more about the biggins who's like who sees this as a chance to regain the spotlight Julia, not about the good natured you, people you've got just to trying know, to put in, on a in show documentary we do have a, a, a phrase and that is it is all about the biggins we've <laughs> always biggins. everyone in documentary will understand the key to a successful documentary is you've got to really you know he makes make everyone say that before every take they <laughs> <laughs> chant it yeah. the MacGuffin uh, and the biggins we um we sh- we should sort of bring this to a close. I think on the actress Charlotte Riley, who was on the sofa, mm. um, who is married to Tom Hardy. The actor. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. We've got um, to talk about. And this. we were talking about their they were talking about their Christmas traditions, and it turns out that Charlotte Riley, the actress, the wife of Tom Hardy, for Christmas shits in a box. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, oh, how very modern. <laughs> It was so hard to follow. It took me so long to understand. What do you want? What do you want from me? What what is this? Why do you keep saying Hardy's poo drops over and over again? Are you saying Hardy's poo drops? Sounds like she says every year we make Hardy's poo drops. I was like, okay, explain that. And she didn't for ages. I was like, so it's what's it's funny Christmas in our house without Hardy's poo drops. Is it funny chocolates that you say look? I don't know reindeer shit or something. What? Just tell me what it is. Or does does Tom Hardy shit on you? (laughs) No, 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 no. No, no, no. Hardy's poo it's, it's, drops. <laughs> it's, it's simply human excrement. <laughs> Goodbye. It, was, it took us a lot eventually. I, hate, I almost hate to spoil it. She did eventually get there and said that she makes with her children as a fun activity. And she seemed pretty nice. I'm like, mm. just really put me off she her did, right she at the end. She, she gets like um, water and um, a, an essential oil or something and something else. And she mixes it. And then when after Tom Hardy's done his big Christmas day shit, oh my she God. drops it in the water to stop Tom his skin. Oh, out Jesus house. Christ. She, she said it when, what did she say? When, when Tom's done a smell or something like that. Charlotte, we've yeah. heard you've got a very specific family tradition. Yeah, we, we, we make a little box. Well, the kids and I make... Well, all of us make these boxes for our families. And um, every year we have a tradition of making um, Hardy's... Uh, Poo drops. Forgive me? Oh. Poo drops. This is Tom Hardy, as in your husband, the father of your children? Yes, we make Hardy's poo drops. What are these? So, they're, you, you, there are posh version, versions of this. We just make our versions, which are it's essentially these little drops that you go to the loo, you make your stench, and then you drop your little drops in, and, and, and miraculously your bathroom is filled full of the aroma of whatever you choose. It's just basically water... Okay. Rubbing alcohol in essential oils. Very so. creative. So Tom Hardy sitting there watching this going, Don't oh. tell them about my Christmas Day <laughs> shit. She'll get back to that house, won't she? And it'll be half eight by the time she gets back to their yeah, house yeah. in the countryside. Yeah. And she'll go, Why aren't any of the lights on? And she'll <laughs> flick one on and he'll just go, Turn the light off. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be dressed as Bane. And he'll go, Turn the fucking You're fucking dead. If you're a 
Oh, you would stop. You just, you just like, do you realise the damage you've done? Do you realise the damage you've done? Yeah. She's going to go, why have you shit all over the house? <laughs> because you fucking deserve it. Go and make the fucking drops if you don't like it. I mean, I am not going to get through Christmas Day now and, and go for my own one without thinking of Hardy's food drops. And I think I speak for us all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh uh, and then... Oh. And, and then... And then, as if... To, just to top that slightly, I think I misheard, but I'm not sure. They said to Joe, the or whatever his name is, the yeah. other actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are your Christmas traditions? And I swear to God, he said, we go and dump in the ponds on Amsterdam. <laughs> we uh, we go and jump in the ponds on Hampstead Heath. I think he uh, said jump. I then went back and, and he said jump, but because I was in a world of excrement, yeah, by the way, I thought he's gone. I'm to top that and I'm going to go I'm gonna, I just go to Hampstead and I shit in the fucking pond <laughs> one show is good ruined Christmas they've ruined Christmas Charles for Francis, you what have you got I'm dreaming of a brown Christmas what about you oh god you I think we'll end it there <laughs> you log <laughs> No, stop thinking of more. (laughs) And there we bring proceedings to a close. Now, that is it for this series of The The One Show Show, which, yeah, had a gap in the middle. Sure, why not fill it with a film about Pine Martins? (laughs) We'll be back, though, with season five early next year. But remember to pop along to iTunes and rate and review and subscribe and all that jazz. But while you're remembering to do that, also remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at The One Show, The One Show also looks back into you. Merry Christmas. All of television history is contained in the Box of Delights. I've climbed up Nelson's column once before. These are small. And put it down in front of Backpuss. I'm Julia Rayside. Join me and my guests as we dip into our favourite TV memories. Boys must have heard bashing head like this. You can't tell me what to do, you ain't my mother! I love when a plan comes together. Come and tell us what yours are too. We've all been told we can't discuss nominations. It's a bit of car air. Shut up with a novel on the top. I think I like you, Lovejoy. Find us on Twitter at Box. Delights Pod and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.